Hello. Okay, we're here. Welcome to the Imperfect Woman podcast. Guys, this is our first episode and I'm really excited about this, but it's it's not why you think. I'm excited about this because this is our chance to have really good conversations. Like the conversations that you have with an old friend on the phone that no matter how long it's been since you haven't talked to them, you just pick up right where you left off. Like the conversations that are never judgmental, the conversations that allow us to realize we're not alone and to feel better about ourselves and our time here on earth and how difficult it can be sometimes, but how joyful at the same time, that duality. And this is just us talking like on the phone, but not. (laughs) So welcome to my world. Welcome to the first podcast of something that I think will be incredible and so needed. And today I really wanted to open it up by talking about feeling alone. Because when I was trying to figure out what I wanted this podcast to be, I just kept coming back to the thought that I just want me, I want you, I want all of us to deeply know like inside from the heart that we're never alone. We're always here. I'm always here for you. You're always here for me. We are always here for each other. And we're just on this journey called life together. And we're growing together. We're evolving together. We're expanding together. We're trying new things, taking leaps going through hardships, making mistakes, going through the process of learning how to trust ourselves or intuition and just being better humans in this crazy, crazy world. So I think talking about feeling alone is a really good place to start because I know for me, This is one of my biggest struggles and ongoing battles. This is not something I've mastered and I'm going to say, I'm the expert at this and you should listen to me and here's all the homework to help you solve your problem. That's not what this conversation is. This conversation is just, I just think is something that we all go through and continue to go through, and I'm going through it, so maybe we could talk about it together. And what I was really feeling into when I was thinking, well, what do I want to talk about when it comes to feeling alone? And I think a really good place to start is having little to no friends. I think it's really hard to have friends as an adult. And I've tried really hard to do this, but what I keep coming back to over and over again 
is, well, it's a lot. Like, let's unpack it. First of all, for me, I have trauma. I guess we could call it trauma around how other females have treated me growing up, um, early adulthood. I'm 36 now. And even today, honestly, my experiences with other women have really shaped this particular ongoing battle that I move through every single day. I don't think about it every day, but it's there. And it's kind of like at this point, I have very few friends, but it's really by choice. And I feel like I have to clarify that part because I could have like thousands of friends if you think about it, but I don't. I don't let those people in, nor do I let hundreds of people in, nor do I even let 50 people in. Like, let's just be real here. I don't let people in, but if I think about it, it's by choice. And I think the choice has many layers to it. So first of all, we have this thing where due to my life experiences, and it doesn't need to be true, but often it just sits true in my head and I'm working on that. Like it's that I can't trust other women for whatever reason. It can be like way back in high school how there were girls that made me feel bad about myself or gave me a hard time or made fun of me, which definitely did happen quite a bit. Or I could think back to early adulthood when I graduated college and I started working, how mean most of my female coworkers were to me. I can think about that. I can think about times in adulthood where I've attempted to make friends, even like mom friends, and it hasn't worked out because I felt like there was too much difference between us. And what I mean by that is like personality types, values, the things I think about versus what they think about, like very, very different. I actually find it's really hard to find other people in the real world, like not on the internet, that think like me, act like me, have the same ideals and beliefs as me. It's difficult. So then that opens another can of worms That's kind of like, well, why do we have to have friends that are exactly like us? Don't we want diversity? And don't we want to be around different people? And my answer to that is yes. I want to be around different people. I think that's why I like putting myself in environments where there are not that many people like me. So for example, we moved to Miami a few years ago and well, I'm usually the only white American girl in a room. Like, let's just call it for what it is. But I like that. 
I actually like that. And that makes me really happy because I'm surrounded by different people. I like that type of environment. So I do actively seek to be around different people, but then I find it's difficult when I need to have real conversations like this, like the one we're having right now together, if somebody is so different, it's hard to have that back and forth level of understanding and the conversation kind of falls flat or doesn't go as deep as it needs to go because we don't understand each other to that soulmate magical level, I guess I'll call it. So it's really hard. So I could have a ton of friends and have it all be surface level, like everyone's smiling, we say nice things, we talk about whatever, <laughs> like what, what, what are you doing on the weekend or kids or anything like that. But my soul just craves something different. It just doesn't do it for me. So I guess you can say, sure, I have tons of surface level friends, but can we even really call it that? I don't know. I don't know. But I do know that it's by choice. I just crave more. I crave deeper. I guess I do crave that type of soulmate connection. And I have found the closest to that in other female entrepreneurs that have been through things like I have and have come out on the other end alive and well and here to talk about it. But sometimes I think those aren't even the type of soulmate conversations I crave because often it's just around business, right? And there's so much more to life than that. I just think it's hard. I think it's hard to be an adult and make friends. And then also something that popped into my head about that is like a lot of times people will have friends that are left over from other stages of their life, like high school or college, grad school. And even that I think is difficult to navigate because you end up changing so much from that point in time, you were so bonded to that person. So I feel like even that isn't the answer that I'm still searching for in this ongoing struggle. This is a really big struggle for me. And I try not to think about it too much, but I definitely know this is something I crave. And I think a lot of it probably stems from how I grew up and what that felt like for me. And when I was growing up, I always felt different. I never felt like I fit in. I constantly felt rejected, whether that's true or not. That's just kind of how I felt growing up. And I think I was pretty smart growing up. I really do. Because I could see, like, let's use high school as an example. 
I could see how you could quote unquote succeed in high school. So succeed in high school, what do I mean by that? Like how you could be the girl that has all the friends, the popular one, the one that everybody wants to hang out with, you know, her, her, whatever her name is in your head. So how could you be her? Well, if you want to be her, you could totally manufacture it. And I saw that in high school. A 15, 16, 17-year-old is not I don't think supposed to be able to see that, but for some reason I could see it, like how you could manufacture that, how you could get people to like you, how you could become popular, how you could be the one that has all the friends. I saw that, but being that I saw that, I I thought to myself so many times, well, if I want to have a bunch of friends, here I am in high school, then I just need to go do this thing. But going to do this thing, whatever that was, usually didn't feel real to me. It felt kind of like faking it. So I didn't. I just refused to fake it. So what ended up happening is I often didn't fit in with the cool crowd because I was not available to fake it to the extent that would be required to be accepted in that crowd. I just knew I was different, but the most torturous thing is I didn't know why I was different until I was like, gosh, how old was I? Uh, let's see, <clears throat> maybe like 28. I want to say 28. I really started to understand what was different about me. And I can tell you, I mean, this is a whole nother episode of when I finally realized why I was different, but I realized that I was just made for more in this life and I was made to do really big things and to have a really big life, but nobody else around me wanted that. So I didn't even know that was a thing. And once I started to get into entrepreneurship, that's when I realized there were other people like me that had that feeling too, but maybe they put words to it, maybe they didn't, but it's like that same feeling. It's like that, it's it's like a calling feeling or like a yearning feeling or a pull feeling. It's almost like you've got this tingle in your gut. But You don't really know what to do with it or what it means until you know. So like right now, I know, but I've come into my own as the imperfect woman and everything that I am and everything that I'm not and what I stand for and what I stand against. And I know that I'm a voice. I know that I'm here to have these conversations and to spread this message and to be an example and to lead because I just naturally lead. And that is something that makes me very different from most people. I can't help myself. And the rawness that I'm able to communicate with and the vulnerability in the real stories and the perspectives. I know all this about me now, 
But back then I didn't. And it made it very difficult growing up because I never felt like I fit in. And then translate that to being a young adult and entering corporate workspace. Of course, I didn't fit in. To fit in corporate, you have to play the game. But I, it was just kind of like I saw the game. I was staring at the game board and all the pieces and the rule book and everything else. And I'm just like, I do not want to play this game. I don't like this game. I don't want to play it. And I had to figure out why I was feeling that way. So I felt very alone for a very long time. And then I thought it would be over once I was like, okay, I'm an entrepreneur. I know what I, I need to do with myself. I started to get that clarity. And then I became an entrepreneur and I became a very successful entrepreneur and I still feel that way. I still feel alone. It's still one of my biggest struggles. I still have very little friends, but I do recognize it's by choice. But I could probably be better at it. pretty sure I could be. But do I want to be? And that's the other part about it. Do I want to just be friends with people to be friends with people? Like for me, I just love having that soulmate connection with someone and I'll wait for it. And when I find that type of connection, the other thing I've also noticed is like, those are the friendships that no matter how long it's been since we've talked with each other, like you, you just go right back into it. It doesn't matter. And it's almost like you don't have to explain anything to that person because they just get it. It's like an energetic communication. Like it doesn't have to happen verbally and it can happen around so many topics and so many different levels, but it, it's hard to find that person that has that type of communication ability in all the different areas of your life. Like I might find that with someone around entrepreneurship, but then maybe they don't have kids and I have three right now. And that's a lot. I'll talk about that later in another episode, but it's a lot. It's really a lot. So like a lot of times I'll find that type of connection with somebody that is an entrepreneur, but then they, they don't have any kids and there's nothing wrong with not having kids and there's nothing wrong with having kids at all. It's just not that full bodied connection, that all around connection, I find. Um, and that can be difficult for me because then it's like, oh, well, I can't talk to them about kids because they don't have any kids and they don't want to hear about my kids and what I'm going through and what's good, what's bad and the in-between, right? It's like, I don't want to dump that on them because they don't have kids. And I'm, I'm sure it's the other way around too. If you don't have kids and then other people that you identify with on a deep level do have kids. It's like that one area that you can't go into. 
Or another thing is maybe it's someone that does have kids, but their kids are way older or way younger than my kids. And there's like lifestyle differences. I've met some incredible people like locally here in Miami. And even that's difficult because if their kids are off in college and here I am with an 11-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 2-year-old, it's really different. It's just really different. Like I don't get to just disappear and go on adults-only weekend trips when I have three kids at home that are in the stage where they're doing all the things, the sports, the activities, and then a two-year-old on top of that. Like that's not how my life gets to work right now. So even like being physically in person with people is quite different if there's an age difference in kids. You know, so it feels so limiting at times. It's like, why do I have to be friends with somebody that has kids my exact age level? But then on top of that, they have to be on the same page with me, like personal development wise and goal wise and things I want out of life wise. Like it's really hard to find that person. The church bells are dinging behind me and it's so pretty. I don't know if you can hear it or not, but we live by a church and I'm just kind of sitting here on my chair wrapped up in my blanket, all cozy, and I hear these pretty bells dinging in the background. It just kind of reminds me of how beautiful life is and, you know, it's cool to have a moment of silence for ourselves. I love listening to them every day. Twice a day, I get that reminder, and it's really cool. Oh, my gosh. So, feeling alone, it sucks, and there's a lot of emotion behind it, I think, for me, and I know I can't be the only one that feels alone, can't be, and I know I'm not the only one that has maybe push themselves into this this space because of past experiences, past rejection, past awkwardness, difficulty, all the things. I mean, I can just remember moments of rejection that have really gotten me to where I am around this topic of feeling alone and having little to no friends by choice. Like I can remember I had this group of friends in middle school and they went to the movies and there were a couple of them, like we always did everything together, but a couple of them went to the movies and I wasn't invited. And I just remember hearing the news on my phone. It was like one of those clear phones and it had a bright pink twirly cord. It was like a neon phone. If you guys know, you know, it's a clear phone. You can see the insides of the phone and things are highlighted with like neon colors, but like the plastic is clear. And then it had this bright pink cord and I had my own phone line in my room because I was on the phone so much and it really angered my parents and they couldn't get on to the internet, you know, like 
you know, like that internet connection sound. <laughs> like they couldn't get onto the internet on the phone line because I was always on the phone. So they paid $10 a month or whatever it is. And I felt so cool to have my own phone line. And I can remember being in my room and hearing like on the side about some movie that my friends went to. And we did three-way calls, of course. And something came out and I just realized, oh, hey, like I wasn't invited to this thing. And I just burst out in tears. It was so hurtful. This is probably the first time I was really, really hurt by something like that. But here I am at 36 years old and I'm still talking about it today and I can still remember that moment. I mean, can we call that trauma? Sure. Is it like horrendous trauma that so many people are going through in today's world? No, it's not like that. But it's something that creates a memory in our mind that affects our self-confidence, our self-trust and how we feel later on in life. It was one of those moments for me. And it's just, it's just a moment of rejection. Like, oh, that feeling, that feeling of being rejected. And I'm, I'm sure you guys know that feeling of someone you care about deeply that doesn't invite you to something, or maybe it's a partner that breaks up with you. Like that's another bad feeling of rejection. I, and just different points, even through adulthood, you know, rejection, I can remember making friends when I had the two older ones were way younger and I was over, I don't know, someone was having like a friend get together and all the families were invited and there were tacos there and I made myself a hard taco, put all the fixings in it and everything. And I was standing at the kitchen table a couple of women I were front, was friends with, they, they were just sitting at the table and I took a bite into the taco. And you know how sometimes you take a bite into the taco and the whole thing just like falls apart on the plate in front of you? It was one of those moments. So I bit into the taco, the whole thing fell apart and everything just plopped on the plate. And I can remember one of them saying oh, hey, look, I guess she isn't so perfect. And then the other one giggled. And I I just kind of like time froze for me. And it just felt like a stab in my chest, I think is the best way to explain it. Like someone had put a knife into my chest. And I just thought to myself, oh my God, they think I'm perfect? And that was the thought. Oh my God, they think I'm perfect? Like kind of like that, like why would someone ever think I'm perfect? Oh my God, Uh, no. And I could never look at them the same way again. Something changed. I thought I had like real friends. Somebody that would never be thinking something like that of me because they know me. They know my quirks and my downfalls and all the things. And looking at it in hindsight, it's really interesting. Now I can imagine from their perspective, how did they feel thinking I was so perfect? 
oh my God, they must have felt awful thinking they were hanging out with this perfect specimen of a human named Mallory, which is kind of funny. But it's one of those things that always stuck with me. And if you look at it now with me being the founder of Imperfect Woman, you can understand where some of this came from, can't you? I'm the furthest thing from perfect. And I found it to be so interesting in hindsight how they thought I was perfect. And then that got me to thinking how many other women out there are thinking that I'm perfect or some other person in their life is perfect when that's just the absolute furthest thing from the truth. And how bad are they making themselves feel about their imperfections when they're in this whole comparisonitis type of stage? I had no idea people were comparing themselves to me. Like, I didn't even think about it until that moment. And it makes me think even today, how are we comparing ourselves to other women that we consider to be somewhat perfect? You know, how much in our life are we not going after because we feel like We're not good enough or we can't even compare to the example that's already been set. Just all those feelings. You know, it it just really opened my eyes to seeing that women compare themselves to other women that they consider to be better or more perfect or more ideal than themselves. And I often think to myself, where am I doing that? And you can think to yourself the same thing too. Where am I doing that? And I know I have a lot of female entrepreneurs in my audience. And that's one of the biggest things that holds a woman back in her business. It's just looking, it's like you look at everything you got And then you look at everything she's got and you're like, I I can't even, how could I? And you just kind of decide to play small because you can't play that big or it'll never be good enough. And there we stay a lot of the times just not trusting ourselves that whatever our journey is, even where we are now, is good enough. It's always good enough. It's beautiful. It's right where we need to be. It is perfect. It's perfectly imperfect. You know, you look at the word imperfect, put an apostrophe between the I and the M. And not a space after the M. What does that turn into? It turns into I'm perfect. 
which is why I love this word and this concept so much. We're perfect as we are, and we get to grow, and we get to become better in all the different ways we want to become better. We get to become the best version of ourselves, and that's really all we can ever ask for. And that's really all we need to be doing and the actions that we need to be taking. We just need to keep on working on becoming the best version of ourselves we can possibly be in our lifetime. And that's it. So for me, if the best version of me in the moment feels like I'm alone, but I'm not faking it, I'm not pushing something that's not, I'm not being somebody else that I'm actually not. I actually feel really good with that. It's kind of like this peaceful, calm feeling of being alone. I know that I'm alone, mostly, except for a couple good friends, but again, remember, there are things that are still different, even with those couple good friends. So it can create a feeling of being alone because you're only going to talk about certain things with them. Like I feel okay being alone because I'm at peace. But on the other hand, I also want to bring up the point that we're never really alone because there's always going to be someone feeling like us or someone that has felt like us that can understand what we're going through. There's always going to be someone. So this someone might not be an exact clone of you and have your same DNA and be your replica. That would be kind of freaky if you think about it. If somebody was exactly like you in every single way, We wouldn't get that diversity that does make the world such a beautiful place. So I'm not even saying that would be the most ideal thing. I think what we have right now is ideal. Really. Even though you can feel alone. And maybe it's kind of that feeling like alone in a crowded room. Maybe it's a little bit of that. Because this planet is very crowded, but I think we all feel alone, at least a little bit. Let's be real here, if we're being honest, right? We all feel a little bit alone, but I don't think it's so bad. I really don't. And that's what I mean by little to no friends by choice, feeling alone by choice. I think that's okay. I think it's comforting. And I think we get to be around the people we want to be around for those certain things. And a deeper part of this conversation I'll go into another episode later on is trusting other people, specifically women. I do think that we get to figure out how to trust other women. 
And this is a process that another one that I struggle with big time. This is not something I'm going to sit here and say, oh, I've mastered this. So let me teach you exactly how to do this. No, I have not mastered this because there are so many layers to it. And when I think I've mastered it, it's like another stab comes from around the corner and it's like, I thought I had this. And then some woman comes and does something to me that doesn't feel good. It always happens. It's like, I think I get over it and I'm good. And then here comes around the door, just another one. You know, this happened to me twice this week where I felt like two different women did the little, the little stab. I don't even think they know that they did it. And that's another thing. Oh my gosh. Have we been doing this to other people too? I mean, think about it. I seriously wonder if there's something I've done this week that feels like a stab to another woman. Although I I would never do something like that intentionally, but maybe they didn't do it intentionally either. See what I mean by there's two sides to this, that duality of it? It's so much to think about. You know, I felt that way this week by two separate women, but maybe I made two separate women feel like that in some way and it was completely unintentional because I had would have no idea unless they'd said something. But I think a lot of the times we don't even really need to say something because it's our own interpretation of it. I mean, we could talk it through. We could. Gosh, I feel like if I talk that through with every single woman that made me feel like that on a weekly basis, I honestly think my schedule would be full of a lot of awkward calls. So for me, I just look at it as in like, how can I work on myself and see if I can be better in some way? See how I can open myself up a little bit more in a way that feels good. How I can meet more people and be open, but also not just create so many surface level type of friendships because for me, I just, I don't know, they feel so empty. I'm just not interested. And if you are, I think that's cool too. If you have a lot of surface level friends and that works for you. But I feel like I just have so much to give as a friend I get a little bit scared when somebody wants to go beyond surface level with me because I know I have so much to give and I will give it when I feel like it's right. And then I get scared because it's almost like almost like you're giving your power to somebody else and that other person can decide if they hurt you or not. 
But the truth is we don't need to be giving other people our power, of course. But it still feels that way. And we get to talk about that. It still feels that way. But ultimately, we're the ones that decide how we feel. We're the ones that control our emotions and go through all the feels and have the power to think a better feeling thought when we're kind of stuck in our own mess. We always have that power and we always have the ability to take it back if we've given it away and we want to reclaim it. We always have that ability. But who wants to go through all that? (laughs) Because that is an emotional upheaval. Who wants to go through all that if you don't have to, right? So this is how I get kind of stuck in my loop of feeling alone because it can be so good and it can be so amazing if if you just open yourself up and go for it. Maybe you find that dream friend that just has so many important things in common that it it just works and nothing bad ever happens and you're so glad you went for it. But there's always that chance that it doesn't work out that way. And then you have to go through the whole thing of either keeping your power, reclaiming your power, and that emotional mess. And sometimes for me, I'm, I don't know, I just feel like, I don't know, I get tired and I don't feel like going through all those emotions. Like sometimes it's almost like, is it even worth it? Is it even worth it? Because I am actually pretty happy feeling alone. I'm good. It's comforting. It's peaceful. But at the same time, I do desire to become the best, most fully expressed version of myself. And I know that version of myself does have those close connections and friendships and not just one or two, but more. So becoming the best version of myself would mean opening myself up to those additional friendships, but it's difficult because I don't know about you, but I don't know, sometimes I can get just so thrown off by my own emotions. My own emotions can cause me to have this like functional crash for weeks, weeks. And when my emotions crash me, I always come back. I do. Because I have the the tools to come back at this point in my life. But I still have to go through it. And sometimes it's longer than others. Sometimes I might be down for a day. Sometimes I might even just be down for like an hour. Gotten really good. But then sometimes I'll be down for like a month. A month. 2020, 2021, oh my God, I was down for like a year. Coming out of that was rough. Really, really rough. So a lot of the times, because I just have stuff to do, I have a message to get out there. I have I have my people. I have my family, my business, all those things going on. Sometimes... 
I don't open myself up in the way that I could because I know that holding what can become of the thing I'm going for, the good or the bad, that duality, right? Like holding it, sometimes I can't hold it all. It's kind of like you're juggling so much in the, I don't know, someone keeps throwing a new ball at you and you just keep taking all the balls on. Like eventually there's going to be a point where so many balls are thrown at you and you're just taking them into this juggling loop. But like at some point, your physical limitation of your muscles and your body not being able to move fast enough to juggle juggle all those balls is going to cause the balls to drop. And it's going to be a mess. And you're going to have to pick up the balls because nobody else is going to do it for you. So a lot of the times I'll avoid taking on those additional balls, like taking on adult friendships, because a lot of the times that crash will be the ball that just makes it too much for me to juggle and everything falls down. And then either it takes me like a couple minutes, an hour, a couple days to pick up the balls, or sometimes it'll take a month or sometimes it'll take a year, you know? And if I'm just not feeling like I have that bandwidth to hold that, I don't do it. I just don't do it. You could call it a boundary, I guess, and that's a whole nother conversation. But is it a boundary? I don't know. Is it is it a boundary or is it being stuck in a protection mechanism from rejection? Probably some of that. I think it's a little bit of all of it. But maybe the answer is that it's okay to feel alone, but also know you're really not alone. And it's okay to crave more and to crave those deeper relationships. But it's also okay if all of those deep relationships you crave in all of those areas of life aren't in one magical unicorn person. (laughs) I don't, I, I can't even imagine a person like that existing. That would be very difficult to find that person. And would you even want to? Would you want your deepest friendship to be a person that is a clone of you? I don't think I would want that. Just like I enjoy being in Miami Because there are so many people that aren't like me. I'm here by choice. No one is forcing me to live in Miami. I could live anywhere in the world that I want to. It's interesting, isn't it? So I hope this helps you to realize, or I hope this helps me to realize even, that Although we may be feeling alone or we may have those moments, we're truly not alone. Even me talking about this right now, I'm sure is going to make you feel less alone. 
And I feel less alone even just talking about it, even if it is uncomfortable, even if I don't have the answers, even if it is an ongoing battle of mine. I mean, I don't even expect to have the answers. Like, I don't expect this to ever stop for me. And I'm okay with that. I really am okay with that. I'm okay with craving more, deeper levels of friendship with more people, but also at the same time, not getting it. I'm okay with that because I know there are just so many other factors to this. It's not like I can just put in an order to Genie from Aladdin you know, poor Robin Williams. Um, I wish he could grant that, I think, but maybe not. You know, if he could do it, if Jeannie could do it, and that were one of my three wishes, and this person were to appear, I feel like I would really be missing out on some personal growth. Because if you're just surrounded by clones of you, how are we even going to grow? How is that possible? You have to be exposed to different things, try different things, do things that are uncomfortable to grow. Because if you don't do that, you're not going to grow. And if you're not growing, how can we end up becoming the best version of ourselves, the best, most fully expressed version of ourselves, as I like to put it in the Imperfect Woman brand? How can we become that if we're not growing? Like life is just this energetic experience where we're constantly evolving into something new. And it's having different external stimulants that create that growth. And that comes from being around other people and having conversations about different things. I think there's something beautiful about not having a group of friends where you feel like they're exactly like you and they're your go-tos and they're the only people you ever talk to. I think there's something beautiful in not having that, honestly. Maybe it's not popular opinion. I don't know. Maybe it is. You guys can tell me. So I hope that all of us out there feeling alone can realize we're not actually alone, especially if we're in this conversation together right now. We're technically not alone, are we? No, even though we still feel that way. So it's kind of like having that higher level of intelligence where you know, although you're feeling alone, you're not actually alone. You know, I always, I I talk about this whenever I'm teaching how to move through limiting beliefs. It's like, would this belief hold up in the court of law if you had to present documentation to the judge that you are alone and you have no friends and there are no other people like you on the planet? Would that actually hold? I can tell you in my personal situation, that would absolutely not hold. The judge would be like, dismissed. That would not hold. So, 
maybe it is a little bit of a limiting belief that I'm alone. But a feeling is a feeling and not a fact. It's a feeling. You know, feelings and facts are different things. So even though technically we're not all alone, it's okay to feel alone. But just know, hey, I'm here with you. I'll be your best friend. If you want me to be, we're all here together. And I love you a lot. Thank you for listening. I really enjoyed this conversation. I love you so much. I appreciate you. You can go and follow the Imperfect Woman brand on Instagram. It's Imperfect Woman HQ on Instagram, like Imperfect Woman Headquarters. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Mallory Tadimi. You can find me on Facebook or YouTube as well. And if you're curious about what we're doing in the Imperfect Woman brand, you can go to imperfectwoman.com. Right now, I'm teaching Messaging Mastery, and that's a program from our signature experience, our flagship program. It's called Clients Online Experience. So in the Clients Online Experience, I teach a new program every month. So I'm teaching Messaging Mastery this month. If you're interested in joining us for that, it's about mastering your message in the online space, like your niche and your messaging and who you're talking to and what you say and how to figure all that out and how I figure it out. So you can go check that out too at imperfectwoman.com forward slash messaging mastery. And that's it. That's it until next week. I love you all so much and thanks for being here. All right. Bye.